Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. And welcome into Going for the Green. I'm Sarah Perlman. And for the next 30 minutes, we will be providing you the best info heading into this week's U.S. Open. And to help me do that, of course, I welcome in my good friend, our resident golf expert, Mr. Will Gray. Will, we are just a few days away from the toughest test in golf, but I do know our bet slips are going to pass with flying colors. How is it looking over in Boston today? Yeah, I have uh, I've made it to Boston. I've not yet gotten over to the course. I'm excited to check it out uh, this afternoon. But already from what we've seen, you know, it's interesting because it's a course that we haven't seen in the U.S. Open mm -hmm. since 1988. So there's a lot of learning on the fly for media, for players, for fans alike. It's going to be uh, a great week. Certainly a ton of storylines right now. It seems like the sport of golf is trending more towards uh, a soap opera than a sport. But it's, <laughs> it's a little mix of both this week. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have no shortage of uh, – tickets to write and certainly no shortage of storylines this week in Brooklyn. Yeah, we're going to get into all of that. But first, let's take a look at the current outright odds right now over at PointsBet. And with that, we will see the top of the odds, of course, with Roy McElroy, 11 to 1 over at PointsBet. No surprise, incredible showing at RBC Canadian Open, holding off Justin Thomas. So he is the betting favorite. They're looking at Justin Thomas, 12 to 1, and followed by John Rahm, 13 to 1. Rahm, of course, entering this week, three top 10 finishes in his last five starts. He had a win at last month's Mexico Open. Does anything pop right away as we look at the top of the odds market there? Yeah, I'm a little surprised. We can get into this uh, later in the show, but I'm a little surprised at just how much action is going towards Rory McIlroy to put him ahead of JT coming off that uh, PGA Championship win, to put him ahead of world number one, Scotty Scheffler, and of course, defending champion John Rahm. Those four have kind of clustered near the top. I think you can make a case for each of them. They certainly have the game that should suit uh, themselves well at the country club, but but for Rory to be out in front, I know there was a Sunday 62 uh, and to win the Canadian Open, but we ran this tape back three years ago. He won the Canadian Open, uh, finished T9 at Pebble Beach the next week at the U.S. Open. So uh, I'm not exactly sold on Rory as the top dog in this field, but when you get to the U.S. Open, when you've got thick, rough, slick greens, anything can happen as we've seen in recent years. 
So when we get into our best bets or your best bet, I will not expect to see 11 to 1 Roy McElroy ticket. Uh, let's get into the big storylines. You touched on it a little bit off the top, Will. And this, of course, includes the uh, handful of golfers. We didn't really necessarily see their top or their further down the odds for, rather. So this is the first event that Live Golf now has players teeing it up alongside their former PGA Tour counterparts. And we've definitely seen shots fired from both sides earlier this week. So how do you see all of this playing out? Yeah, this is a huge storyline dominating early in the week. You have the players like Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson, Louis Eustace, who went last week to England and played in the first Live Golf event, who have now been suspended by the PGA Tour. You have others like Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed, who have pledged that they're going to play in the next Live Golf event, which is at the end of the month in Portland, Oregon. And now the USJ came out last week and said, listen, if you've qualified for this event, you get to play. So this is a week where we have everyone under one tent, so to speak. You've got the PGA Tour folks, the ardent supporters like Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, who went toe-to-toe last week in Canada. And you have the guys that have essentially defected uh, to the Live Golf Group. So uh, it's it's definitely a fascinating storyline. It's interesting to see how it's going to play out this week. Phil Mickelson was the first guy in the media center on Monday afternoon. It was the first time he'd basically done a press conference on this side of the Atlantic since late January. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot more questions than answers right now, but it is going to be a fascinating dynamic to see these two groups kind of coexist at this point. Right. With Phil Mickelson not only answering questions, he's making his first PGA Tour event since late January. Um, are there any guys that are now in Live Golf that we're looking that stand out? Maybe not Phil, but you like their odds? Yeah, I think Louis Ustazen, you remember last year, he was the bridesmaid of pretty much every major championship. He is a, a great player under these major conditions. Dustin Johnson is another guy that I have an opinion on, but we're probably going the other way. It's been a while since DJ has played some good golf, and the same with Phil Mickelson, uh, who basically didn't touch a club for a couple months. But but yeah, when you look at some of these guys, and especially when you look at Patrick Reed, who is someone who has said he's going to leave the PGA Tour, he's going to go to live golf, and he has started to trend back in the right direction. You have Bryson DeChambeau, who just won the U.S. Open a couple years ago. He's coming off that hand injury, which kept him out of several events, including the PGA Championship. I'm going to pump the brakes on Bryson right now, wait to see him get a little bit more healthy, even though the number is approaching 100 to 1, which is amazing to think about for him and and this style of test and and how close he was last year, even to going back to back at this tournament. But uh, I think of the Live Golf guys, the one that would catch my eye would be Louis Eustace at this point. Okay, we'll take a step back from the Live Golf guys and head on back to the PGA Tour guys. And for that, you talked about Roy McIlroy, the favorite, not buying in on him, Will. Are you buying any momentum from whether Justin Thomas, he had a big Sunday as well, you touched on, or guys further down the board, anyone else pop? Yeah, I think when it comes to Rory and JT, the U.S. Open is such a brutal test, both physically and mentally. Uh, You want to approach this with a, a level head and an even keel. And I don't know that Either of them are there right now. I would I would lean more towards JT than Rory, but they're both going to put some pressure on themselves this week to try and make a statement given everything that's going on around the sport. And Rory, especially, we saw just last month at Southern Hills at the PGA Championship. He gets off to this great start. It looks like this is going to be the time, and he just kind of sputters from there. He stalls out. He never really contended down the stretch when we had a wild finish for the PGA uh, in Tulsa. So it's amazing to think it's been eight years since Rory won his most recent of his four major titles. I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm certainly not going to buy in at a price below you know, 12, 13 to 1 like we're seeing right now. Uh, but I'm much more intrigued with guys that have somehow drifted out to the 25, 30, 33 to 1 range. Guys like Will Zalatoris, this could be a great week for him. I'm very bullish on Shane Lowry just in general. I'm just I'm just donating money until Shane Lowry wins a golf tournament. It's going to happen you sometimes. Love, you love Shane I Lowry promise, more than anyone I'm convinced. 
opinion. But uh, yeah, you know, Zalatoris, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland. This is going to be a week, Sarah. I know we're going to get into the course a little bit more shortly, but this is a week where you need the flushers. You need the guys that are really, really great ball strikers. You don't need the guys necessarily that are great putters or have a great short game. We're going to talk to Jay Croucher, head of trading over at points, but I'll be curious to find out how many tickets they're writing just on Roy McIlroy. Uh, obviously, his awesome showing last weekend, and he's one of 15 golfers all time who have won 20 PGA Tour events and four majors. I have a feeling they're going to have a little liability on Roy with that short price they're hanging. But let's get into the course. Um, like any U.S. Open, we are always going to talk about it, and Brookline is that. They've seen plenty of big events at the Country Club, hosting three previous U.S. Open, six U.S. Amateurs, and the last being in 2013. So I ask you, Will, what challenges does this track offer, and which players exactly can you see taking advantage of this course? Yeah, this is going to be a classic U.S. Open setup in, in every sense of the phrase. I, I would think back to Marion in 2013, which is another course that it was pretty tight and they hadn't played a U.S. Open in a while. I think those are going to be some, some comps, uh, so to speak, in terms of what the course is going to present. Only two par fives. Both of them are very difficult. Uh, there's going to be high rough, very tight fairways. So it's not going to be enough to just hit it 320 off the tee. You really need to keep the ball in play, avoid those double bogeys and, and big scores. And then when it comes to the greens, they're really small. It, it is amazing to think that this course is as big as it is with the targets as small as they are. The precision from iron play is going to be very key. And there are going to be some interesting visual dynamics, stuff that we're not used to seeing week in and week out on the PGA Tour, things like blind approach shots where you have to play over a 30-foot rise in order to get uh, you know up to, to the same level as the green, or you're going to have a shot where you're having to hit a five iron or a four iron, and you don't know, you can't see where exactly you're actually hitting it. So again, this is all going to cause me to lean on players who are strong tee to green, really strong with the iron play. We have some recent form, as you mentioned, the 2013 U.S. Amateur, where you had Matt Fitzpatrick won, Scotty Scheffler, Bryson DeChambeau, Corey Connors. Those are some guys that were all in the mix. Corey Connors made the semifinals. Bryson was in the match play, as was Scheffler. Mm -hmm. So when you look back, and nine years is a long time, especially for those guys when they were just playing junior golf or collegiate golf, and, and they've changed a lot as players. But I think it does show the type of player that we can look for this week. You don't need to be the longest player in the field. You need to be precise. You need to be able to control your ball from tee to green. Okay, yeah, you mentioned it. Obviously, a shorter course uh, for U.S. Open standards. Second smallest greens played in U.S. Open in the last decade, aside from Pebble Beach. You're talking about the golfers that fit the standard. Give me a few that really fit this course and can thrive this weekend. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of attention on Matt Fitzpatrick. As I said, he did win here back in 2013. He's playing very well at the moment, still waiting for that first PGA Tour victory, just like Will Zalatoris, just peppering the leaderboard, cashing top 10 tickets all over the place, but not getting that victory. This could be the week, given how well he has played in, in weeks leading up to this. Uh, but again, I'm going to go back to guys. I, I love Colin Morikawa this week. If you can hit the ball well enough to win at Royal St. George's and win at TPC Harding Park. He can find it at a moment's notice. I don't need as much recent form out of him as I would another player to trust that he's going to be able to deliver on a big stage. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into our more best bets and who could thrive on this course. Um, but for now, if you're looking for more golf betting content this week, be sure to tune into our daily betting podcast, Bet the Edge. Bet the Edge is live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can download wherever you find your favorite podcast. Do not go anywhere. When we return, we bring on the book. Points Bet Head of Trading, Jay Croucher, joins us next to talk more U.S. Open bets.
What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, one 888 3500 in Virginia, 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. Welcome back into Going for the Green. We have already tackled the top storylines heading into this week and what exactly that means for your betting card. But to get a real sense of how to beat the book this week, what better way than to hear from them? Joining us now is our good friend and head of trading over at PointsBet Sportsbook, Jay Croucher. Jay, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? Doing well. Yeah, lots of sport happening at the moment between the NBA Finals, NHL Stanley Cup and the US Open. So it's about to get a little bit quieter on the sports calendar. So it's good to have plenty going on. Well, there is plenty of star power near the top of this outright market, as Will and I discussed at the top of the show. And certainly some big names uh, with longer odds over at PointsBet. What are you guys seeing right now as the largest liability at PointsBet? So our biggest liability right now is Phil Mickelson. You might have heard of him. He's been in the news lately. So 200 to 1 on Phil Mickelson. I'm not sure anyone actually thinks he's going to win this tournament, but I think people just want to attach themselves to the storyline. So obviously he does have the track record of winning at a similar price at a major last year uh, at Kiowa at the PGA Championship. Don't think he's going to win the US Open, uh, but you know it would be quite an incredible story if he's even in the mix late. But he is uh, our biggest liability by far at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say we would have laughed off the same thoughts a year ago at Kiowa at about the same price, and then he went and and won it. But I do think that it's very different right now for Phil. You think back six runner-up finishes, but the most recent was 2013. Since then, he has finished better than T48 only one time in this tournament. So uh, I'm with you. I, I, I think that uh, you know Phil is. Probably not going to be around for the weekend, let alone in contention, but we shall see. I can tell you now, I'm not betting on Phil Mickelson. And I think a lot of people are certainly doing that because of the storyline and, and everything surrounding him. But I am curious in terms of bigger bets, which obviously add to liability as well, I'm aware. But bigger bets on, on bigger names, maybe even some sharper money right now. What kind of action are you guys taking? So a lot of action uh, at the top of the odds board where the big names Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm. Those are the big four in golf to us anyway uh, at the moment in terms of how we're setting the odds week to week. This week, they're very clustered together. And I think you'll see you know, over the course of the next few weeks that those are going to be the guys at the top of the odds board. And then it's going to just depend on recent form as to who is leading uh, week to week between those guys and then also the course. And so Rory with his win, 
he is right now, you know, the big guy. Uh, and he is he's the favorite for the tournament. He's attracted a lot of money. I think that's just something wholesome about winning a bet on Rory McElroy, particularly with what, everything that's going on at the moment. So he's, he's a very popular bet most weeks. I've been too many wins on Rory McElroy for betters the past three years, though so, uh, obviously they do have the recent win. But he is the standout in terms of the big bets at the top of the board. And then as you go a little bit further down, uh, you'll see uh, a lot of action on guys like Will Zalatoris. So I think everyone expects is just going to win a major pretty soon because he gets so close and seems to really get up for the majors. So he's another guy uh, who's seeing a lot of activity. And then drifting into that 25 to 1 range, Matt Fitzpatrick um, is the guy who stands out from there. He is, you know, he's got the history uh, at this course. He's been in good form uh, with three top tens in his past four starts. Uh, so he's another guy to, to keep an eye on. Boy, if folks are concerned that they haven't cashed enough win tickets with Rory, wait till they see the Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick numbers. Combined. But uh, I want to follow back on, on McElroy with you, Jay. We mentioned at the top of the show, we've got the top four players are pretty clustered near the top. Rory, JT, John Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler. Coming off that Canadian Open win, did you guys, is that a book decision to put Rory out in front of that group? Or is that something where you you put them all kind of on even footing and let the market dictate who needed to be out ahead? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a combination of both. I think recent form is a material factor in how we do set the lines week to week. And then there's also just the element of it's Rory McIlroy and he's just won a tournament and everyone's going to want to bet on him. Uh, he's been you know, in the media a lot recently. He's very much front of mind, even more so than he typically is. And it was a similar lead up to the PGA Championship last year uh, where a lot of hype behind Rory with his form and then he was our most bet on player uh, at the PGA Championship last year. And this year it is somewhat similar. I do think these guys are really close together though in terms of skill level and it's interesting, the guy who's getting the least attention of those four is John Rahm, who has burned a lot of people over the past 12 months. I mean, he's fa he was favorite for every tournament and, and almost never won outside of the US Open last year, which is perhaps the most material one. Uh, so John Rahm, just with his, uh, I guess, relative lack of form this season, though by most standards, he still played well enough. Uh, he's just not attracting um, that much uh, betting activity. No, that checks out. And I'm not surprised to hear all of that about Roy McElroy and the action you guys are taking on him. The outright market is so hard and we know that. And that's why a lot of people, including myself and Will and our listeners, love to look into the prop market and novelty prop markets. So, Jay, I ask you over at PointsBet, what are some of the prop bets available that you're taking some action on and that stand out to you? Yeah, so the, one of the favorites every tournament is will there be a hole-in-one in the tournament? Minus 130 on the yes, which is a lot more fun to barrack for than the no side, I can tell you. Uh, so that's a popular one uh, each week uh, and is again this week. And then in terms of, I guess, digging a bit more into to the minutia, uh, looking at what will be the winning score, where we have... The line set at 276 and a half. So we think that four under wins this tournament, which is uh, low, but also an indication of, you know, the US Open and, and how difficult the courses are. And one thing I will tell people is that, you know, when you do have uh, an expected winning score that, you know, isn't, you know, 15, 20 under, the fact that it is only four under we think will win, uh, that just shows that there is more scope for a long shot to win because when a course is very difficult, that's a great equalizer and it throws up more chance for randomness. So if there is 
100 to 1, 150 to 1. Phil Mickelson, 200 to 1. If you like someone in that range, perhaps there is a bit more opportunity uh, for them this week. Okay, I like variance. So maybe we'll target some top 10, top 20 looks with some longer shots. So, Will, I ask you, as I always do, I'm curious, your favorite prop bets for this week for the U.S. Open? Yeah, I'm playing off the point that Jay just made in terms of the randomness that can come with the U.S. Open. This is a harder tournament to predict than maybe any of the other majors. And I think that as a result, we sometimes see the big names uh, tend to falter. So one uh, that I'm going to get a little creative with is neither Cam Smith nor Scotty Scheffler in the top 10. I don't think that Cam Smith's world-class short game is going to be as big of an asset for him this week as it would be at another course where you can get creative and you can kind of make up ground. When you're hacking out of six-inch rough, everyone kind of hits it in the same place. So uh, both of them outside the top 10. I will give you this nugget. The uh, entire list of players since the world ranking started to win the Masters and the U.S. Open in the same year is pretty short. It's Tiger and it's Jordan Spieth. So uh, I don't know that Scotty Scheffler is going to go and, and pull off this double dip. But uh, so plus 100, even money on both of them being outside the top 10. And then one more we mentioned before, Dustin Johnson getting a lot of attention going to the live. Secret has not played very well in a really long time. Plus 155 to miss the cut. That's a really juicy price for me. I could see him spraying it around this place and really struggling to just make it to the weekend. Okay, so a lot of miss the cut kind of looks and some plus money there. Plus 155 stands out. I'll be curious then to find out who you like in the outright market pretty soon. But Jay, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate you joining us and uh, good luck with the action over at PointsBet. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Want to grab an edge for your U.S. Open betting ticket? Be sure to use our premium edge driver tools with everything from historical course data to the latest stroke game statistics you can be sure to wager with confidence during the toughest test in golf head to nbcsportsedge.com and use promo code golf 20 for 20 percent off any subscription just one more break here on going for the green and we when we come back we welcome in our friends from beyond the fairway will lowry and doug smith stay with us Welcome back into Going for the Green. We are not only uh, the only NBC crew that's counting down the hours until Thursday morning over at Brookline. So we now welcome in the host of Beyond the Fairway, Will Lowry and Doug Smith. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Doug, I'll begin with you. How fired up are you for this week? Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. You know, we see so many tricked up golf courses over the past few years in the U.S. Open to go back to a historic venue where they've already played four U.S. Opens over the years. Will said it earlier in the show, haven't been back since 1988. And I've had the chance to go out to this golf course. Brendan Walsh is a friend of mine, the director of golf there at the Country Club. I'm looking forward to a fantastic test. Blind shots, high rough. It's the U.S. Open, Sarah. Yeah, same here. You know, when you, when you think about uh, – U.S. Open, the narrative around U.S. Open has always been been a grind. And, you know, it's one of the few times of the year where you're playing actually in relation to par. And and I think that's what makes the, the all the more merry when you're scrambling for, for a, a five-footer save par. And that keeps the momentum of, uh, of the narrative of the U.S. Open for sure. Yeah, the U.S. Open, as you are all saying, some of the richest history, most storied traditions in the game of golf, and one of those being the qualifying process that gives anyone in the country a shot at playing in a major. And luckily for us, both of you could talk about that experience. So how would you describe U.S. Open qualifying to those that have not done it? Well, I'll start with you here. Uh, yes, uh, I see Doug smiling right now because he's a, a, a butt right now. It's but, okay. Uh, no, yeah, I, uh, I, man, I've done it for the past maybe six, 
as long as I've been playing golf professionally, about 10 years, you know, try to qualify for the U.S. Open. You know, obviously it's your, it's your, it's your nation's championship, country championship. And, you know, they, we, we all have, you know, dreams of winning the Masters, winning the Open Championship. But U.S. Open, is it really was, was special to me uh, qu- trying to qualify. And, um, you know, this year I, I tried to qualify and um, I left. I had a WD, was drunk. And it just it's just to the point where uh, I, I didn't finish, you know, and, and uh, I, I think I made a turn probably two over and the back nine never saw my eye and don't want to encourage quitting. But I just like, hey, I, there's some other important things I could probably do. So in, in, the, in the words of Doug, I have to write a letter to the USGA to, uh, yes, next year for sure. <laughs> Well, you better be you, careful. They're gonna they're gonna send the letter to you. They're gonna yeah. tell you're gonna be preemptive on that one. Right. <laughs> well, my, I wish mine was as smooth as Will's. Mine's a little little different, Sarah. And one, you know, what a treat it is to be able to try to qualify. It is the most open tournament in golf. So if you've got dreams of playing on the PGA Tour, trying to get into the U.S. Open is one of the better shots you got. Unfortunately for me, I was working PGA Tour live there that week. Came back on a connection from Miami. Didn't have my actual clubs. I took. So long story short, I got home at like 1 a.m. here on the West Coast, played golf. It was it was great for about 14 holes. I was two under through 14, and then uh, I got tired, needless to say. But, you know, again, it's one of those tournaments where you, you everybody has a chance to get in. If you get hot, you know, in the right week or the right spot, it's a week that could change your life. No, it's fantastic, and it's so cool you guys have been able to be a part of that process. And everyone, including myself, we love that Cinderella story, especially this time of the year. So if you had to bet on anyone coming out of these qualifiers, uh, that might be a sneaky pick down the stretch that we need to keep our eye on as a long shot. Who piques your interest, Doug? I'll start with you. And if not, who is your outright favorite to win the U.S. Open this year? Well, I, this is a very difficult question because this course – uh, Will said it lends to ball strikers, and, and you've got to be able to play from the fairway. You can't be too awry off the tee. Outright winner, yeah, I, I'm going to say it. I'm going with Matthew Fitzpatrick. Th- third year on the PGA Tour. Has he won? Absolutely not. But has he contended? Absolutely. He's played 12 events this year. He's got seven top tens, right? So I, I'm looking for Fitzpatrick to do a lot of things. The end of 2021, he was 73rd in official World Golf ranking points. Guess what? He's 18th now. I'm going with Matthew Fitzpatrick, but I got my eye on... Corey Connors. I, he's one of those guys. He's got the tempo. He plays the style of golf that I really like and enjoy. And Will, well, I got two Wills over there now, but but Will, you both know Corey might be able to make some noise this week. Well, I'm, I'm going with Justin Thomas. You know, I don't want to sound too cliche, but I mean, but all the, all the stats, you know, you can't, the, the numbers are the truth. You know, when you think about it, uh, when it comes to saying say he's third on the PGA Tour, uh, he's also second on in scoring average, and also 14th when it comes to green regulations. Only thing that may be his downfall this week about Justin Thomas is his driving accuracy. He's 147th on the PGA Tour in driver accuracy, and we know that driver can get away from with them fast hips. But most important, he's number one in my heart. <laughs> There you go. Strokes, strokes gained heart. Those, those always get it done. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, we, we talked about it. I'm, I'm very high on Colin Morikawa. I think back, our friend Drew Dinsick, usually on the show, couldn't make it today. Uh, but I think back to the Open Championship when he had Morikawa and he sat on the show and he said the number is too good for a player of his caliber in terms of the iron play. And it was just about in this range. We're ticking up to 30 to 1 right now at points, but that is way too high for a yeah. guy who can stripe it as he can. So I really think that that's uh, going to be a good play. And and I love the Corey Connors look. As we mentioned earlier in the show, there are a few guys that played this at the U.S. Amateur, including Matt Fitzpatrick and Corey Connors. There is a chance that some of that success could carry over this week Absolutely. on a course where a lot of guys are flying blind and are trying to learn this course very quickly over these next couple of days. 
I feel like I got to sprinkle a little on Fitzpatrick talking about him so much. Hey, that does it for us today on Going for the Green. Best of luck with all of your bets this week. You could follow Will and Doug on Twitter at Will Lowry Golf and the Douglas Fresh. And listen to Beyond the Fairway wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Best of luck with all your bets. And most importantly, enjoy the U.S. Open. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.